Welcome, church. We are excited to have you here today as we come together as a family and worship our King. Amen. And if you are new here with us, then we welcome you. We're excited to have you here, and we are thankful that you're checking out Cornerstone. And for those of you who have been with us for a while, great to see you back here as we continue to lift high Jesus' name. Now, we are going to be continuing through our sermon series that we have been going through most of the summer, which is the uh, God's Unsecret Identity. We've been looking at different attributes and qualities of God and taking a deep dive into them one by one as a way to be encouraged and strengthened in the midst of a time that is tenuous and confusing, our God is unchanging and firm. Amen. And it is a truth that we can hold on to that our God is who he is yesterday, today, and forever. And so today we are going to be looking at God's justice, that our God is just. And our brother Mark is going to be bringing the word today, and we are excited for that. But before we get into our worship through song and worship through hearing the word, I want to read from Psalm 89 as we prepare our hearts and we focus on the fact that our God is just and righteous. And this is what Psalm 89 says, starting in verse 11. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are the people who know the feastal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, who exalt in your name all the day, and in your righteousness are exalted. Father God, we come before you today, and we want to exalt in your righteousness. We want to praise you, Lord, and bless you that everything is yours, and righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, and we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who is just, that when we are dealt with unjustly, Lord, we know that in the end, you will deal with it as you will, that your justice will reign, and we thank you, Lord, that your son Jesus has come to this world and has died the death that he has so that the justice that we deserve for our sin, the punishment and judgment that should be ours, Lord, those of us who have bent our knee in faith and put our trust in you, Lord Jesus, you have taken that upon yourself. And we praise you and thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. And so, Lord, as we come together today, I pray, Lord, that our hearts and our minds would be set on you, that our hearts would be overflowing with thanksgiving and praise that you are just and righteous and gracious and merciful and good. I pray, Lord, that we would not forget that as we sing to you today and we hear from you and we go from here sharing your truth with others. Lord, we pray that your spirit would fill this place, would prepare our hearts, and lead us, Lord, into your truth. 
And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before we sing some songs, we have some announcements. And unfortunately, the um, screen over here is the projector is still on the fritz. And that hopefully should be addressed soon. But this one over here is working. So if you would uh, watch the announcement video, and then from there, uh, we have our missionary spotlight that we would encourage you to pray for the missionaries that we are supporting before we go into our lively VBS song, which Chrissy will lead. So let's check those things out together. Welcome to Cornerstone Church, and thank you for joining us for today's service. Here are some ways for you and your family to stay connected. We're very excited to announce that our worship services for September and the first two weeks of October will be held at Lopat Park. This will be a wonderful opportunity for our entire church family to worship outdoors together. The first service on September 6th will be followed by a luncheon catered by Get Fed. Note that there will not be services at 2nd Street or March Street campuses during those weekends. If there's a rain cancellation, services will be moved online. Our baptism service will be held Sunday, September 13th at 3 p.m. If you're interested in being baptized, please fill out the brief form on our website. The service will be live streamed so everyone can hear the testimonies and celebrate with the candidates. On October 4th, we'll be having our next child dedication. If you'd like to commit to raising your child in the fear and love of God, please sign up online by September 20th. Make sure to check out and like our Facebook page to stay up to date with the latest information on what's happening in the life of our church. And check out our website for more information on upcoming events and ways you can be involved. Thanks for joining us and have a great week. Let's all stand and um, worship God. We'll be starting out with the VBS song with Chrissy.
Our scripture reading for this evening would be Deuteronomy in the chapter 32, verse 1 through 4. The word of the Lord says, give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. My teachings drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, like showers upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, for all of his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness, and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, everyone, this evening we are in part 11 of this series of God, the unsecret identity. God is a God of just. God is a just God. 
Our God is just, so let us be peaceful. Once again, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse through 1 through 4. And as we get into the scriptures today, I want to just do a little bit of an introduction. Is that all right? Somebody say amen. And that's all right. You can actually, today, you can talk to me a little bit. So you can say amen and hallelujah and glory to God and all that things. That's all right. We want to welcome everybody from our Cornerstone family that is watching from the stream and maybe someone else that is viewing. We welcome you right now. Everybody say hello. <laughs> Praise God. The book of Deuteronomy is part of a set of five scrolls, one book into five sections uh, called the Pentateuch. Uh, in its Hebrew origin, the Jews called these readings the Torah or the five-fifths or the book of Moses. So the Pentateuch consists of what books? It consists of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This book was given to Moses by God. Now the writings in this book of Deuteronomy, this fifth section of this book, uh, consist of narratives, laws, instructions, sermons, teachings, genealogies, poetries, or songs. Now in chapter 32, verses 1 through 4, we will be focusing on a song that God gave Moses to teach his people that they would always remember that he is a just God. He is a sovereign God. He is a God of divine providence with unmatched character, faithfulness, integrity, and trustworthiness. Also, he's a good God. Somebody say amen. Now, before we get into the scripture today, before we get into this 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy 1 through 4, I want to um, go back just a little bit to, um, let's go back to Deuteronomy 31, starting at verse 16. Let us read this. We're going to read that and start so we can see how we get up to the uh, Deuteronomy 32. So, but before we do that, I want you to, through, throughout this sermon, I want you to keep this in mind. This would be 1 Corinthians 10, 11. It says, now, these things happened to them as an example, but were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Also reading that in the Amplified Bible, it says, now, these things happened to them as an example and a warning to us. They were written for our instruction and our and to admonish us and to equip us upon whom the ends of the earth have come. Now this word admonish in the Hebrew is a word that means that this scripture is calling attention to. It's a scripture that's kind of a mild rebuke or a type of a warning. Paul was giving this in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, he was giving this warning from Israel's history from the Old Testament in reference to this Pentateuch, Pentateuch and to this Torah. Paul was saying, don't be like these people. Don't forget that he is a just God, all-powerful, all-knowing, a sovereign God, and a glorious God. Verse 5 in Deuteronomy 31 says that he, God actually was not even pleased with the people at this time. He wasn't even pleased with them. Again, don't forget. That's what the scripture is saying. Don't forget. 
Don't go back into your old ways as he was telling the children of Israel. Don't forget he is a just God, all-powerful. Don't forget he's all-knowing. Don't forget he's a sovereign God. Don't forget he's a glorious God. And that's a word for us today even. In these trying times, sometimes we forget what the word of God really has said. With everything that's going on in these signs of times, he's a just God, never leaving us forsaking us. So once again, Deuteronomy, before we get to our main scripture, Deuteronomy 31.16, let's read, starting in the 16th verse. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers. He's about to pass away. He's about to die. Then this people will rise and whore after foreign gods among them in the land. And they are in the land that they are entering. And they will forsake me and break my covenant that I have made with them. Now let's go to verse 19. And it says, Now therefore write this song. Now this Hebrew word song, shirah, denotes singing. It denotes music. And it, it's, it's being taught to the people of Israel. And it says, put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the people of God. So God says to Moses, he says, write this song. So Deuteronomy 32, 1 through 4 is actually a verse of a song. And he says, put it in their mouths. See, at this time, they didn't have the scrolls readily and available. They couldn't just grab a Bible. And what Moses did was he taught them this song. This was a word for them. This was their reference to the word of God in song. They couldn't just go to the temple and say, hey, pass me that scroll, or I can order one online. They had to be taught the word through song and had to remember it. My, my, what an imagination. What a memory. When Moses had finished, this would be verse 24, 25, and 26. When Moses had finished writing the words of this law in the book to the very end, Moses commanded the Levites. Let's stop there for a second. I really wish we could do a teaching on the Levites soon to help our Cornerstone Church understand the principles of worship more fully. But we'll leave that alone. It says that Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against you. Now let's go down to the 30th verse. Y'all got your Bibles? Are you reading? Are you tracking with me so far? Say amen. Okay, so now let's go to the 30th verse. Then Moses spoke the words of this song until they were finished in the ears of all the assembly of Israel. Now this was a very, very long song. Verse 1 all the way through verse 45, a very long song. And he taught them the words, all of the words to the whole song to the whole assembly. Wow, what a church service. But... Note this, just getting off track for a second. I believe Moses surely has some experience in matters of music and worship. Would you, would you think so? I mean, think about it. Wow, what a class on songwriting from the Father God. Woo. 
I mean, oh no, that just, that just gets to me. I mean, think about that. God said, Moses, we're going to pin this song. And it's going to be for everybody. It's going to be my word so that they won't remember. No, they don't have a Bible, but this is my word. And he said, are you ready? We're going to have songwriting 101. If any of you musicians out there want to learn how to write a song, boy, you ought to listen to the things that God showed Moses as he penned this song. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome. Now, the scripture also, also shows us that his sister, remember Moses' sister, Miriam? She played an instrument and led the singers in song and in dance. So who knows? Maybe this gift ran in the family. Somebody say amen. Now, before we go on, just another little side note as we talk about songs in scripture and we look at Moses and Miriam, we look at Moses having a gift in worship and to write songs. Let's also look at Davis. Davis was a psalmist, a minstrel, and a dancer before the Lord. He wrote songs constantly and possibly um, played and even invented multiple instruments. Maybe he was even more gifted and talented than the secular artist Prince. Maybe. James Brown or Bruno Mars didn't have nothing on David and the way he danced before the Lord. Somebody say amen. Yeah. See, and then, and then if you think about, you know, this, this worship, if you think about the songs of the Lord and you look at worship in Scripture, and I know we're getting a little off track, but I got to talk about this. There was Paul alongside Silas, and they decided in Acts 16.25, just around midnight. You remember that? That story in the Bible? Just around midnight. <laughs> what happened was, just around midnight, they decided to have a worship and a praise concert to all the prisoners who were listening. Now, I reckon they must have been able to carry a pretty good tune for jailbirds to pay attention and listen, and then a miracle took place. Amen? I mean, think about it. They just couldn't be singing off key and just be singing some junk. Because these were hardened prisoners, maybe. And all of a sudden, they started singing and worshiping. And all of a sudden, can you see the prisoners all hanging out and playing cards and smoking cigarettes or whatever they did back then? And all of a sudden, going, what's that noise? What's that song? And they were just worshiping God and worshiping God and praising God and singing. And it got good to everybody in there. And all the prisoners were listening and they were worshiping. And all of a sudden, the walls began to shake the bars. Now, I'm not going to get into that kind of preach right now, but I'm just saying that it all went down, and all of a sudden, a miracle took place. Wow. That's powerful. And then, to take it a little further, we have our Lord Jesus. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. A little louder. Say amen. And Luke, in the 10th chapter, in the 21st verse, it says, as the word says that Jesus, in this portion of Scripture, it says, Jesus rejoiced. Now, this Greek word, allegio, which means to jump for joy, be exceedingly glad with exceeding joy and rejoicing greatly. Now, wait a minute. This is Jesus, you guys. You've probably never seen this in Scripture before, but it said that Jesus rejoiced. It said he was exceedingly glad. This word comes from the Hebrew word hala. Not hala at your boy, but just hala. And this word means to praise. It's one of the seven dimensions of the porches of praise. And what it means is that it means to make a show. 
to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave. So in that same hour, Jesus began to rejoice. He began to act clamorously foolish. He began to rave. He began to boast of the things of Jesus. This is Jesus worshiping. And it wasn't just for a few minutes. It was in that same hour. He didn't, he didn't just go a quick, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. He began to worship. He was joy, rejoicing and he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. What was he rejoicing about? Well, that's for you to study a little later on. Now, as we get back to our scripture and to our point, just a simple, short sermon. Our God is just. Let's read this song, the first four verses, or what I would call the first verse of the song of Moses. First one, give ear, O heavens, and I will speak and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. We see Moses here in this song appeal to all heavens and earth for everyone to attend to this discourse. Now, the intro in this song is both didactic and hymnic, meaning that it's intended to teach with the motive to have moral instruction. But also, this verse has strong characteristics of hymnic or praise or song context. He appeals to all heavens and all earth. Verse 2 says, May my teachings drop as rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, and like showers upon the earth. Now this verse right here is kind of a type of allure, in a sense meaning that this, this teaching would continually to be passed down, passed down from generation, from person to person, by word of mouth. This is what he was teaching them, that you'll give this to your children and your children's children. This was the word of the Lord in song. Verse 3 says, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. Proclaiming the name of the Lord in public, in defense of God's providence, God's sovereignty, his right and power to do all that he has decided to do. His divine providence, having faith in an all-wise God, an all-powerful God, an all-merciful God who does things well. He sustains, guides, and protects each and every one of us. Verse 4, the rock, his word is perfect. Oh, you guys, that's good news today. No matter what your situation is today, his word is perfect and fit for your situation. His word is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness without iniquity. Just and upright is he. Now this verse here deals with the character 
the integrity and the trustworthiness of God. His ways are justice or his ways are judgment. This Hebrew word of, just, of, of judgment means it's kind of a mishpod. And what it means, it's a matter of law. Say amen, Pastor Matt. A matter of law, ordinance, order, divine law. And just and upright is he. Now this word just also in the Hebrew means yasha, just and upright, or it actually means the most upright. Wow. He's the most upright. He's the most just. That's good news. So now, let's attempt for a moment to sing this first verse of this song. <laughs> Are you ready? Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And let thy earth hear the words of my mouth. My teachings drop as rain, my speech distill as dew. Like gentle rain upon tender grass, and like showers upon the earth. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. The rock his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness without iniquity. Just and upright is his name. Just and upright is his name. Just and upright is his name. Now, I don't know if it went like that, because I just made that up. But the point being is that we can sing the word of God, and he taught this to them. And said, I'm going to teach it to you line by line, the 44 verses of this song. Until everybody knew it. You wasn't going home until he was done. Talk about a church service. Wow. So our God is just. So let us live peaceful. And that would be my second point. Now Romans 12, 18 you can go there, reads that, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's a tough one. How many know that sometimes people really give us the business? And it's hard, really, to walk in peace sometimes. But if possible, and it is, as far as it depends on you. See, I often used to think, that if everyone wasn't in peace, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. But if I did the word of God, and I did everything possible, then I know that when I go home, I can lay my head to rest, and then I can have peace because I know I did everything possible. And if others did not decide to walk or to live in peace, I can't do anything about that sometimes. But I have to do everything, everything possible to live peaceably with all to meet at the table of reconciliation, to work things out for the good of God. Somebody say amen with me. 1 Timothy 2, 2. For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. 
when I think about that, I look at our leaders. I look at our pastors. I look at our, our, our deacons. I look at our board. I look at our elders. And I take this scripture more towards leadership that says that, look, make sure those in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. If us as leaders, if our house is in chaos and in just, just, just crazy and things going on, then, then we have an issue. We have to make sure that we live quiet lives, in a sense, in our homes, and that everything is peaceful. My wife is here today. She's up there in the balcony. Good to see you, baby. And what I say is that she has really helped me and to make sure that our home is a home of peace. You know, if I've had a rough day or when I come home, she lets me debrief. She lets me just breathe. And I know that my home and my house is a house of peace and of safety. Amen. Necessary for our leaders, especially in our homes. Philippians 4.7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus. Church, Cornerstone Church, we have nothing to worry about. We don't have to worry. The scripture says, give ear, O heavens, let the word and the truth of God spread like rain. Proclaim the name of the Lord and share of his greatness. He is the rock. He is the rock. He is the rock, perfect and faithful and just. If that's the case, then why do we have to be worried about anything? These can be exciting times right now in our life. Where that if we just share the gospel and do the word of God and walk in the things of the kingdoms, we will see the miraculous take place. Moses penned this song from God for his people and for us to remember they are not to forget that he is a just God. And everything he said that he would do would come to pass. See, there's two things that God cannot do. He cannot lie and he cannot die. Oh, somebody say amen. Now in verses 45, 47, chapter 32. It reads, and when Moses had finished speaking all these words to this song and to all Israel, he said to them, take to heart all the words which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life. And by this word, you shall live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to possess. So when God, therefore, we don't have to worry in these troubling times, and we can have the peace of God, knowing that he is a just God and he will meet all of our needs. 
but we must stay focused in these times. We must stay focused on the work of the kingdom, those things that we are called to do. We can't just sit in the pews and just sit in the church. We have to stay focused on the work of the kingdom. Matthew 6, but seek first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples. Wait, 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 wait. It says go. It doesn't say sit and they'll come. We have church, Cornerstone. We have to go. You out there watching right now, you have to go. We have to go. Make disciples of all nations, all ethnos, not just people that look like you. As Pastor Matthew said a while back, we need to wake up. We need to wake up and go. God will be with us. He says he'll never leave us, forsake us. Even if we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear no evil. I like that one says, and when you go that, you don't have to worry about when you stumble, goodness and mercy shall follow you. So as I'm walking right now, goodness is to my right, mercy is to my left. And I start to fall, goodness picks me right up. And I start to stumble, and mercy picks me right up. Goodness and mercy as I go shall follow me all the days of my life. All oh, you know that right now as you begin to go, that goodness and mercy will follow you. Trust in him. Just go. Just go. Go out and give water. Witness to somebody when you go to the store. It's time to evangelize. It's time to build the church of God back up in this lost and dying world. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Believing, y'all, believing, church, that the harvest is ripe for the picking if we would just go. Believing that the harvest is ripe. You know, recently, people have been beginning to go out and sharing the gospel. And a group of young people that I'm mentoring, they come back with testimonies and go, with testimonies, and they say, we just went out and began to share the gospel. And people are getting saved. And people are saying, what must I do to get saved? And people, if you'll just go out. The word of God says the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. Matthew 9, 37, 38. And then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the heavens to send out labors into his harvest. See, we've taken that and said, okay, we pray, God, we pray to you right now, Father, you'll send out. You'll send out. Woo, send out Pastor Matt. We pray right now. Woo, what did you send out? Woo, woo, man, just send out. Send out, send out Pastor Johnny. We'll pray right now. Just, oh, send out Jeff. But no, he said, you go. You go in the pews. You go. The harvest is ripe. If we'll just go. Wow. Second Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers, Rejoice. Aim for restoration. We have to comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. I have a thought. 
my thought is this, is that if you notice that in the winter months, maybe when you were younger and you were a kid, you're stuck in the house for a week because of a, 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 a snowstorm. That was my timer. I'm 30 minutes. <laughs> and what happens is you begin to fight with your brothers and sisters. You notice that? You get, you get stuck and you begin to fight with your brothers and sisters. But then when the storm and spring comes, when it's time for you to get out of the house, and then somebody will mess with somebody in your family, now you're ready to take up for them and you're ready to go to, to, to bat for them because the neighborhood bully's picking on your cousin or your, or your brother, your sister. But earlier when you were stuck in the house, you just pick at each other. You know, you, you ever do that with your brothers and sisters? Well, we actually can do that in the house of God. When we stick around and don't go out and evangelize, when we don't really go, we just begin to start seeing faults in one another at the church. Oh, I don't know what pastor was talking about today. Oh, I don't know what pastor, oh, I don't know what that deacon, why did that deacon say, why did this, that, I don't know why we do things this way. You need to get out there. And when you get out there, then you start vying for each other. You start protecting each other. You start loving one another. But you have to go. We have to walk in unity, live peaceful, love one another. God is a just God. He is in control. He is a sovereign God. You know, a lot of times I find myself loving people but not liking them. This should not be so. We need each other. We need to meet together. We need to fellowship. We need to have picnics and sing together and laugh together. We need each other to survive. It's powerful. I'm going to sing a song. And this song is a song that is sung in urban communities all across the country. And what it does is that it deals with us needing each other. Sing about your church family, loving them, walking with them, helping them, getting them over. Listen to these words. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. Sing that if you would. Sing, I need you. I need you. You need me. You need me. 
right now and point to him and say I need you. Point to someone else and say you need me. We're all part. Now point to him again and say stand by me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. Now it is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Do you believe that? You are important to me. I need you to survive. Let's walk together. Let's stand together. Let's be in agreement and realize that our destinies are designed together and we need each other to survive. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today, God, that you are a just God. And you're glorious in all your ways. Father, as we go today, I pray that this word would stay with us. 
Father, I pray that we would realize that we pray for one another. We need one another. That we stand with one another. That we walk in agreement with one another. For you are a just God. Therefore, that we know that we don't have no problems. And now we can live in peace and walk in peace. Fulfilling your word. Promoting the kingdom and the good news of the gospel. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen.